everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. And I'm Clayton. I'm the romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. <laughs> and so this is a podcast where we read romance novels and we tell you about them. Uh-huh. Pretty fun. Yeah. Pretty simple. Um, and this week we read Rafe, a buff male nanny by Rebecca Witherspoon. Avery wasn't worried about her own screw up. She was hyped up over Tess flying the coop. Sloan flopped down on the couch and reached for Avery, who climbed over the arm instead of walking around. Baby, what time did Tess leave? Avery was big on telling time these days. 318. Sloan glanced at her smartwatch. It was nearly seven. She's been gone for almost four hours? Mm-hmm. Avery said with a deep nod. Why didn't you call me? Now, was this a wreck? It was. It was an email recommendation from Megan. She wrote that Rafe, a buff male nanny, has low drama, low angst, hot nanny fantasy fodder. Exactly what romance readers want in the Trump years. She gave us a ton of recommendations. This That's was great. just one of them. We yeah. love it. Anything. Just send us anything. Explanations. Mm-hmm. Corrections. Things we omitted. Yeah, there's a lot we don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I I have a reason. I I have a I have an alibi because I'm just a little virgin. I'm just exploring. I don't. You should know better. <laughs> You're the expert. Have you ever heard of the uh, the campground theory? No. For Dan Savage. Oh uh, no, I know who Dan <laughs> Savage is. But he talks Savage about- Love. Yeah. He talks about when you uh, when there's like a big age disparity between partners, like that it's the responsibility of the older partner to leave the younger partner um, the same or better than they found them. Oh, so it's, it's like it's like don't leave trash it. Yeah, leave so it like better than you found it. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But I'm certainly not leaving you. Am I leaving you better than I found you? You're not older than me. Oh, are you leaving me better than I? Well, because no, you're the virgin. No. <laughs> you can be a virgin at any age. <laughs> you can be a virgin at any age, but I thought since you were the virgin, I was the veteran that I was the one with the more like experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess maybe it's not age; it's wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think you're leaving with wisdom. Absolutely, I know so much more now that I did this podcast with you. I guess you know what? I'm just gonna have to date a bunch of young girls so I can leave she- them better than I found them. Clayton. <laughs> Thank you, Dan Savage. Let's not. Now I don't feel ashamed. (laughs) And by young, you mean late 20s because you're older, not young, like teens. No comment. (laughs) Well, yeah, not teens. Jesus. (laughs) That I can definitively say. (laughs) No. No. So let's judge the cover. Great cover. Perfect cover. This cover is awesome. Yeah. So uh, to describe the cover... It's a really hot dude with a big bushy beard. Uh, he's got a, a a nice big mane of hair, uh, which is all I look at now. I just look at men's hairlines now. That's uh, my obsession. Are you worried about your hairline? I am, and I and I'm, I you obsess. have so much hair. Though. I not enough. I've talked about this. I want my hairline to go all the way down to my eyebrows. Well, I'll, did your but did did your hairline ever go down to your eyebrows? No, I never had. I, I've always had a higher like I've always had like a bigger for like a more forehead. But I will do. I'll get plugs. I don't care. I'm going to be one of those old guys where you're like, there's no way that's his real hair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, great cover. I love the font. It's uh, uh, yeah. Great cover. I love the font. It's very, very sexy. Doesn't show his. Well, let's see. 
You get a tattoo on his neck. Yeah, yeah, that's the only bad part. Oh, not a tattoo fan. Not a tattoo fan. If you listen, you know I don't like fantasy tattoos. I'm more okay in real life with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, so quickly, what was the book about? <laughs> Two people hanging out, <laughs> watching Netflix, <laughs> watching uh, uh, Bake Off. And I say that like I'm not trying to be glib. There, this was a hangout book, which is fine. And I think Megan was completely right. Low drama. There was barely any drama here um, and pretty low angst, uh, which I do think was refreshing. But also I felt like I'm waiting for something big to happen and it didn't really happen. So this book is about we've got Dr. Sloan Copeland, whose nanny just leaves and leaves her kids home alone. She comes and she freaks out. Because they're six, uh, six-year-old twins. Because they're six-year-old twins that just this this nanny just left, and then uh, she finds out about Rafe, and Rafe is the buff male nanny who's been doing it for a while. Uh, he's he's like been a nanny for a bunch of different families, and he joins the household, and they quickly kind of figure out that they think each other is hot, and they start to fuck, and the the like ex-husband is kind of a dick. And then they are happily ever after. That's it. Yeah. And that's that's kind of it. She hangs out with her girlfriend. She talks to her girlfriends. I like that they texted back and forth and stuff. And um, it was an it, it was an interracial right romance. So that was good too. It's, it, it seems like we just read a lot of. And I know from what you've said that romance can have a diversity problem. And again, like. I don't really see it as much just because we seem to read a lot of like diverse authors and a lot of diverse heroes and heroines. So I, I think it's like it was cool that I was just like, oh, yeah, cool, whatever. It's two people fucking two people falling in love. It's a good thing about romance. It's yeah. Like, we just all want to fuck. We do all want to fuck. It, I mean, and to say we all want love and to be loved. Yeah. But we really just want to fuck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like this book a lot and it was also cause it was low angst, but it was just like, kind of like a slice of life book. Like it felt all very real. It didn't seem things that any, like, cause I hate books when all of a sudden like weird stuff happens or people just start acting wild because, and you know, it's cause the author is like, well, we're at this page and now I need something crazy to happen. And this, it never really did, but it was just like two very nice people trying to do their best and then falling in love, which is like, yeah, it's nice had, to read sometimes. Just yes. like calm. Everyone's respectful. Like Rafe is like an insanely good nanny, but also just like an insanely good person all around. And the way that he treats Sloan and is so respectful and so conscious of her and her feelings and her daughter's feelings and what's the best way to go about something, but wanting to be really upfront and honest with her at all times. Like, yeah, that is the fantasy. And like, as much as romance is ever escapism and fantasy, this is that. Yeah, he straight up said, okay, if I take this job, I want you to know I think you're smoking. Yeah. So I can be professional. Are you comfortable with the fact that I think you are a smoke show? <laughs> and she said, yeah, I think that's fine. It didn't work, work for me. And then their flirtation was really cute. Like you said, he 
was he was sexy and there was that element of them fooling around uh, and trying to keep it from the kids, but it didn't seem scuzzy and it didn't seem like gross in any way. It seemed realistic and it also seemed respectful because these these, you know, uh, the, the twins were uh, you, you, she didn't want them to all of a sudden get too attached to Rafe and then it'd be this whole thing like anybody who is uh, has kids. And um, is divorced or separated or single single mother. So I thought it was really realistic. And the, I joke about them just watching Netflix and stuff, but uh, that's realistic. That's what people do. Um, and I thought the sex scenes were pr- pretty hot. Oh, very sexy, sexy. They were very sexy. Well, and the way that Netflix Netflix because it was basically like Temptation Island they were watching, but they uh-huh. called it something else. And. It is realistic. Like, it was really sweet. She shows him an episode of that because she feels a little bit uncomfortable around him. And so she's like, oh, I'm just watching a show. Like, let's just make it casual. But then he keeps watching the episode because she's interested in it. And he wants to understand that she's interested in. So then they have something in common. Like, that is so realistic and real. I remember when I first started dating Pat, I mentioned a documentary in passing. And the next time I saw him, he's like, I watched that documentary. And the way it made me feel inside was so, like, special and Mm -hmm. surprised that I think, like, you know, it really made a lot of sense that that would be, like, I mean, it's hard to say that's the fantasy, but it is kind of the fantasy. No, it's those little small things. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a, a, a crazy thing either. Mm-hmm. I, I know I try to do that because you want to have something to talk about. You want to have you want to enjoy the things that uh, another person enjoys. And I think if you come from that place at the start, then, I mean, you can be honest later. Watch your show and I'll watch my show <laughs> or whatever. But you will you will still find deeper things to share uh, than just like TV shows you like. But the, yeah. but but pop culture is something that you know, two people can really bond with because it is everywhere. It does show people's personality now. A lot of people are defined by pop culture, but then you get deeper down into them and you see what really defines them. But it is a surface thing that it does make you feel good. I remember I I went on a date with somebody and they had mentioned uh they had mentioned a show that they really liked. And I remember like, you know, watching it just to see, like, what they liked about it. And, and you know, it ended up being something I wasn't really super into. But I tried to find an angle in which I could enjoy it and understand why they did. Um, it, it, we never had a second date, so I just watched it for no reason. What show was it? Um, it was the Haunted Hill, the, the Hill House, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Mm. Yeah. It was a lot of man hours. <laughs> for no second date. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but. You're out there trying. You're out there you're hitting trying. the pavement. I'm hustling. Um. And then they watch uh, the Great British Bake Off in a giant bed. And like. I mean, that's the fantasy. That is the fantasy. Like Great British Bake Off, truly one of the great shows on television. We've watched many an episode together mm-hmm. just on my couch. Yep. Um, and also it's like she didn't spend a, the author didn't spend a ton of time like uh, talking about what the house looked like. But I just pictured like everything was white and plush. Like just in my mind. It seemed really nice and clean and it smelled like dryer sheets. Exactly. And you know, all of Sloan's clothes were cashmere. Mm-hmm. If she was putting on her body, it was 100% cotton or cashmere. Minimum. I love that name, Sloan. Sloan's a great name. Isn't that a great name? Because it's not a super pretentious name, mm-hmm. but it's it's cool, but it's not too cool. It just is the perfect name. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if, I, if I told you, 
that oh, I'm dating this girl named Sloane. I need to meet her. You'd say right. You'd be like, well, you need to meet her anyway because we're, yeah. <laughs> we're podcast hosts together. Podcast or friends. True. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, whichever we can monetize first is the most <laughs> important one. But uh, you'd be like, oh, Sloan, that's she's going to be cool. Yeah. The ultimate cool girl is Sloan from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, you're right. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. I had such a huge crush on Sloan. Who didn't? Yeah. She was great. Um, well, and uh, Sloan as a character was so interesting because she did seem on the surface to be very uh you would think her to be like a little bit one note but there was like a lot of color given to her as far as like that she was a literal genius mm-hmm. like she went to college when she was like a baby but never it wasn't one of those things where look how smart i am look how smart no. i am but she was just like i'm young and super hot and also like a crazy heart surgeon it's great but then it showed also the other side of that of having like kind of stunted people skills in that she was friends with Zenny, who was great, but she wasn't 100% sure where she stood with her always. And she was, unc- like, really excited to be in a group of girlfriends, but also, like, really nervous about it. Didn't know how to act with it because she wanted it so much. I felt like that was all so realistic and well done. Um, And also with her because the kid's father was, like, kind of her first real boyfriend. And then they got married. And then she had the kids. And then divorced him. Like, she had never really dated before either. So then there was a lot with Rafe that really made sense about her being, like, a little bit juvenile and also not really understanding. But also she was, a, a like, a mature, successful woman. So when she needed to get something done, she would get it done. And I just thought it was – it was a she was a great character in that way where you saw a lot of different facets of her that, like, really made sense for the character – and made her more interesting. So while it is just kind of a story of two people living in a house together and eventually falling in love, it makes it more interesting. There's more to it than just, it's not boring. Mm-hmm. That's some good finger banging too. Finger loving or banging? Finger loving. Finger loving? I'd say it's finger loving because Rafe was a uh, buff, obviously because it's in the title, uh, buff male nanny, but he was also very gentle, it felt like. Mm-hmm. You know those people who... You know, you can have – there. I, I notice this with guys because you'll see guys who are – you don't have to be big. You're just five, six, and you're walking around just wrecking shit. Like they'll touch <laughs> stuff and it breaks and they're pushing things aside and it's just like you have no subtlety. You have no grace. Uh, but then the, someone like Rafe is somebody who you can see he probably touches things with gentleness and intent as opposed to just bulldozing without thinking through the world. I can always tell a guy, like a, a good guy by the way they interact with the items around them. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're just knocking shit over all the time and you pick stuff up and it breaks, like that's somebody who has no intuition as to how they should act around people and women, especially. And I think men that have that kind of grace, the, that's a, that's a good guy. Now, I'm not saying that's like a blanket thing, but I've found that to be the case. Which is somebody who's conscious around their surroundings or probably conscious around like about other things within themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I was like grabbing this microphone and twisting it and shit and just like any time I sat down, it was like a huge like it was just like a huge like pile. Like you would think, oh, Clayton does not have a lot of sense of space and how to treat it. Right. Yeah. I think I'm very, like, feline in my movements. I mean, 
I'm quiet. I, I, I step, I, I, I walk very quiet, quietly. I take up very little space, you know, I'm gentle. You are gentle. Yeah. And you are very conscious around about the people in front of you. You point out social mistakes that you see happening around you. I mean, that's annoying, but, uh, <laughs> they really, they really get in your claw. They do. They, 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 yeah, they, uh, stick in my, my craw. Craw. Yeah. Whatever that saying is. Mm-hmm. I think you see that too with like men on the subway. Like, you know, the ones that you have to like, like, oh, yeah. get, like tense up around because they're just going to come and they're going to slam into you versus guys who are just going to be like real chill and like wandering around. I feel like, do you follow? The, I asked this as though the answer could possibly be yes. But do you follow the Instagram account Hot Dudes Reading? I don't. But here's <laughs> here's the thing. Now, that's my dream to be on that. Now, I know that it's probably not going to happen. Of course, I knew about it because that's like that's a dream and it's a disappointment that I've never I need to get my act together. I think that's one of the things is like if I ever made it to hot dudes reading, I think I will feel better about myself. I know you're not supposed to judge yourself by looks. You're not supposed to judge yourself by outward appearance. But um, but I do. And uh, it's very damaging, but also it can have these <laughs> nice things that happen. So I do think that if I ever was pictured on there and made it, uh, I'd be very excited. Now, the picture we have of me on Instagram is very uh, a horrible picture. So you, I, I don't have a chance of making it with that picture, but I'm, I'm trying. I'm going to really what do my best. What picture on Instagram? The, the one with Sarah McLean, the, the, oh, the worst picture ever not, taken of anybody. You're not reading in it. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is, like, if if I'm if I looked like that in the photo, there's no way they, they they wouldn't even take a picture of me, you know. How great would it be if they got you and you were reading like a scandal in spring or something? It, it doesn't matter. I think people would be love that. I think people. No, would No, I mean, that. if it was a romance, I do think it would add something. It's to great it. branding. It's on brand. Is that why you love physical books so much? Because you know there's a greater chance of being hot dudes reading. Probably yes. Listen, it's not bad. It makes sense as a theory of how to get on there. Like, you do need to be reading a physical book. Mm-hmm. Readers are nicer people. Yeah, I think that's true. For sure. Yeah. Um, and Rafe is probably a reader. I don't know. They didn't talk about him reading, but I'm sure he, he did. He definitely rides a hog. Mm. Yeah. Spike, he's a cyclist. Motorcyclist. <laughs> a cyclist. He's a motorcyclist. He loves motorcycles and working on motorcycles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a dark past. <laughs> Not really. A, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he, he was in juvie. Of, yeah, but he made a mistake. I know there are a lot of people who made mistakes and then they end up in juvie for yeah. a long time or prison. But I think there was a level of him always wanting to do better because of that. And I think that's good. I, I don't think I like the fact that he's very upfront about it. He came out with it at, at, when he was interviewed by Sloan and said, this is what happened. I had this thing. I was in juvenile detention and I'm different now. And uh, I, I want you to know that. So because that's the thing is if he comes up front with it and then it's not a thing that becomes a betrayal. And that's what I liked because I didn't want it to become one of those things where it, at the end of the book, she finds out about this and then it's a whole thing. They have to separate, and come back together. Th- that's the thing that this book didn't do, which I enjoyed. It didn't have to be dramatic in that sense. No. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. He was going to stop nannying. This was, he had one last job and then he was going to be out. Yeah. Then his, that job sucked him in. one last job. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was going to become like a, he was going to become like a motorcycle mechanic. Um, 
yeah, the way that the book ends is, oh, so the girls, the twins go to visit their father in Seattle and then Rafe and Sloan bone everywhere mm. and anywhere, which I enjoyed. Kitchen counter. Also, Rafe cooks amazing food. He kept talking about quiches. And then I was like, I don't have a... um a pie plate i'm like i need to get one because i need to start making quiches because that's all i could think about well quiches i think are sensitive guy food i think that's one of those things well that was always a joke back in the 70s and 80s when quiche was very popular it's popular again because of brunch but if you could bake a quiche you were a sensitive guy oh yeah i wasn't alive yet so i wouldn't have known I was not alive in the 70s. You weren't? How dare you? <laughs> I'm trying to get on hot guys reading. There are silver foxes not on old, hot Not old, old dudes that you need to give your seat to. We should do a photo shoot and I'll tag hot dudes reading and then maybe they'll repost it. <laughs> no, because then they'll reject it. They'll be like, do not. <laughs> the, they'll, they'll, they'll deem it fake news. Why? Mm, I don't know. Let's not talk about this. Okay. It's making me feel bad about myself. Well, I, I need to get there the right way. Okay. Fair. Yeah. If you see Clayton in the wild and he's reading, take a picture and tag Hot Dudes Reading. But only if I look hot. But only if he looks hot. <sighs> if he's used dry shampoo recently. Yes. Thank you. My hair just gets very greasy. I can't help it's it. It's hard because you run your hands through it a lot. And then no, it's the oils on your hands. No, I don't. I just have greasy hair. You need to do the no poo thing. The no, sh- the no shampoo? Yeah. What do you mean no shampoo? Like you, if you don't wash your hair for like two weeks and then you get your natural oils back and then it won't be as greasy. I, see, what hap- it, I would have to, you know what I'd have to do? I'd have to stay in my apartment for those two weeks yeah. because it would be a fucking horror show. Or start wearing hats. I hate hats. Um, yeah, because what happens is like you are. You know, I'll wear a branded using... hat. I'll wear a branded. Somebody send me a branded hat, mm-hmm. and I'll wear a branded hat for two weeks with my grease hair. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But it's got to be something that I can stand behind. I gave you a branded hat. I gave you a babe hat. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I should do babe. They should sponsor us. Yeah, we love babe. Yeah, well, that's what we were drinking at the Books Are Magic party. Wine in a can. It was very, very good. Mm-hmm. And then we hid in the back and we kept squatting down when people took pictures. Oh yeah, it was fun. Oh, that was such a fun night. That was a fun night. And then we went on a little uh, friend oh, we, date. Yeah, we went on a friend date, and we when I and I uh, we dished. We dished. I gave a you lot. some exclusive juice. I got some exclusive juice, which was I really live for. Mm-hmm. We had mezcal margaritas, so good, and tacos. Yeah, we could just redo that night again. Yeah, why not? Everybody get together. We're doing it again. Yeah, do another round. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, anyway, so in the book. They're fucking everywhere. He's making quiches. They go on dates. He introduces her to a family. His family loves her immediately, which is so great. And then um, they go to pick up the girls at the airport. And the girls come out and they're crying, which is upsetting, obviously. And their father is with him. He's not supposed to be with him. And he immediately attacks Rafe. And Rafe basically tries to fight him off. <laughs> not, not killing him. Tries to not kill him. Of course, there's all these teens who are videoing the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that's the real, like, problem in the third act of, like, what happens. But, I mean, everyone, of course, because it's, like, Sloan and Rafe just handles it maturely. And they just sort of, like, roll from it. It basically ends up being good because then he grants her full custody. It is crazy where the daughters say... 
like, we don't want you to be, we don't ever want to see you again to the dad. Yeah. That's, I mean, he's a bad guy, but it's really hard. I mean, imagine that. Imagine someone saying, I know, never want to see you again. And I'm a child. That'd be pretty nuts. The I'm a child at the end would be the wild part. <laughs> but I think kids are brutal. That's like, true. They're honest. I think I said, I haven't said worse things to people when I was a kid. I was always mouthing off. Mm-hmm. I can 100% see a kid saying that to like a shitty dad. Yeah. But they're sense. still going to want that dad to love them, though, in the future. No, of course. These kids are still going to be gravitating towards that scumbag at some point. Well, because kids are kids and adults are adults. Like, you can't match a kid where they're at when they're saying wild stuff to you. You have to sort of, like, continue on. That no, guy was you got to get right to their level. <laughs> Just get down there with the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the kids? They didn't annoy me too much. I mean, yeah. you know, I they were cock blockers. Definitely. Well, yeah. Um, which I thought was played fun too, where they were getting hot and heavy, and then it was like, "Mom, I need you," and, mm-hmm. and it ended up being. But Rafe was cool about it too, so Rafe knew. Oh, the kids probably pulled her away. That's fine. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it didn't. I mean, it's the whole reason the book exists. It's the whole reason their um, their dynamic was the way it was. Because, and I'll ask you this, and it's probably going to be yes, but. I mean, do you think that being good with kids makes a man more attractive? Is this the question I'm supposed to answer? Yes. Yeah, Yes, of and I think you would say yes, yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the reasons that you said, though, it shows that you have, like, a level of sensitivity and that you're able to connect with people and that you're able to um, understand someone's experience and then meet them there, which I think is something that, obviously, that you have to do with children in order to be good with kids. Uh, yeah. It teaches you patience. Patience. And a lot of guys lack patience because we're taught to be impulsive and take the reins and do all this stuff. And with kids, that doesn't work. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work. Kids don't, that power dynamic doesn't work unless you want to incite fear in them, which is not what you want to do. But you still have to show the kids that you are in control of the situation. Because otherwise then they're like terrified. You have to be actual control and if you're yelling and and going on they you've lost control you've lost control they they will listen to you but like i said it's not out of respect and love it's out of fear and self-preservation like i'm just not going to do this because that person's going to go crazy that doesn't make that person seem powerful it makes them seem powerful but it doesn't make them seem in control mm-hmm. so yeah um, well, because you were a nanny we talked about before. Uh-huh. So as a former professional nanny, uh-huh. how would you rate Rafe? Oh, he's very good. Mm-hmm. He was very, I think he was very good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he did everything. He, like I said, he did everything he needed to do. He was super respectful. I think the whole being upfront about the attraction was really cool uh, because, you know, he wanted to make sure that everything was out there in the open. Didn't want anything to be... Uh, get in the way of him taking care of the, the kids, which is what, what his job was. So I thought he was very good. Yeah. Okay. But did you expect more? I don't know. I thought you would have some sort of like male nanny insight or something, but were, when you would tell people that you were a nanny, were people like surprised? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, they were surprised. I mean, I was surprised because I, like I said in the preview episode, I never held a child before. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to change a diaper. So the first time I changed a diaper, I was 
holding up the box of diapers to look on it. And there's there no instructions. instructions. There's no instructions. So I had to look <laughs> at the pictures and see, like, which side is the side that's in the back. And uh, oh. I mean, I was that that unknowledgeable. And I got it down. You've got to get it down. because. And I also didn't tighten it enough because they didn't want to hurt the baby. No, and then I ruined a, ruined a pair of shorts that way very easily because it was like, boop. Right all over my cargo <laughs> pants. But, you know. The cargo pants cargo, had to go anyway. It had to go anyway. Thank God bless that baby poop. <laughs> um, so uh, baby poop is better than queer eye for. for <laughs> get rid of cargo shorts. Get rid of cargo shorts. So that was that was big. I mean, my learning curve was very steep. So, But I committed because I wanted to do a very good job. So uh, we eventually did. I mean, I eventually think I did do a really good job and you get really attached. I mean, that's the thing that's, it's very emotional work. It's not, it's not hard physically. It's emotionally very difficult Mm -hmm. and also not having, I mean, I was lucky because the family, I live with the family and the mom would take over at night, but, uh, so I would have some time to myself. It's not like actually being a, a mother or a father because you can't, you don't have time off really. But, you know, during that day, if if I wake up and I want to take a shower, it's like she's napping. I either have to make sure that, you know, I do it really fast or all these things where you don't feel like you have uh, you don't have control over things that you normally do, which is bathroom breaks, taking showers, just having quiet time. And when you're not talking to adults, that can be very difficult, too, because I wasn't really in with the rest of the nannies because what the nannies used to do is they used to, because uh, I was a uh, Manny in Soho, they used to go to the park, and one nanny would take care of all the kids, and the rest of the nannies would go shopping. What? And then, yeah, and then they would, like, rotate that. How many kids? Like, th- it would be, like, five or six kids. Oh, God. And one time I had to, like, go talk to one of the nannies because one of the, the other kids had, like, gotten into, a, like, a little bit of, like, a altercation with, with my baby. And uh, I was like, whose kid is this? And it was one nanny that was taking care of all these kids. She was also on her cell phone. No. Of course. That's bad. Bad nanny. I dumbly was like, oh, I should really spend time with this kid and like engage with it and not be on my phone all the time. I think I still had a flip phone anyway. And uh, and, you know just play and do all this different stuff instead of, you know, going and shopping because they wouldn't have me. They didn't want me in a group. <laughs> I felt ostracized. Oh yeah. All the nannies. I was like, the baby just shit on my cargo pants. I could, I need to go shopping. Yeah, I need to get pants. Yeah. They're like, no, I used to have male babysitters growing up, mm-hmm. which everyone does find odd sometimes, yeah. but I love them. They were great. We had one nanny or one babysitter, John, and he was a wilderness guide. Okay. And so then he would only watch us in the winter because he couldn't be doing his guiding like he would be doing. That's what he did all like summer. This and, is his off season. Yeah. So off season, he would just watch us. And it was so great because he would tell us the wildest stories of like adventure in the outdoors in like Maine when he was just like taking people like to look for bears or something. I don't <laughs> know what the hell for he bears. did. Yeah. I don't know. He was, he was a lot of kayak trips he did and he nice. did a lot of rock climbing. He was very cool. Um, he seems cool. Yeah, he was great. Is I don't know where he is now. <laughs> um, I'll find out. Yeah. Uh, and his sister would watch us in the summertime. She's not as good. Uh, no, Kim, she was fantastic. I'm obsessed with her. I love her. 
Oh, Cam, that's a good name, too. Yeah. She lives in Ohio. Now she has kids of her own. It's crazy. Life continues. Ohio, that's a shame. (laughs) I'm from Pennsylvania, right on the border of Ohio, so I can make that joke. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm from Pennsylvania. I can make Ohio jokes. That's why I can make Vermont jokes. I hate Vermont. Yeah, because... People from New Hampshire... The funny thing about the New England states is how much we despise all the other <laughs> New England states and how people not from New England don't see a difference. Uh-huh. And I am like, how can you not tell that there's a difference between New Hampshire and Vermont? They are so diametrically opposed in every way. That's how I felt like when uh, last episode you were talking about Vermont, uh, I just felt like, well, you seem very self-hating right now. I don't self-hate because I am <laughs> not a Vermonter. Uh, same, same difference. Yeah. <laughs> See, you would be upset if I was like, same difference. Oh, when people mistake me for being from Massachusetts or Maine or anywhere else, I'm like, no, that's, I I can't believe you said that. Mm-hmm. I am obviously from New Hampshire. It is the only acceptable one to be from. Um, well, so ju- not to, because I'm uh, uh, Annie, who is a listener of this podcast and someone who I work with, she got mad at me because she was talking to you on Twitter about how she's from New Hampshire and how I didn't mention it to you. And I was like, I didn't think it was a big deal. It is a very big deal. It, well, I told her, truthfully, I didn't think that you ever retained the information that I was from New Hampshire. I knew you were from New Hampshire. I just didn't think it mattered. It matters greatly. Okay, that you got really mad when I said that. I know, I mean, now whatever. It's part of my identity. But also, Rebecca Weatherspoon, who wrote this book, is from New Hampshire. Way to bring it back. I know. Um, and I met her, and then she told me she was from New Hampshire. I was like, I get it. There's a bond now. She... Uh, I forget where in New Hampshire she grew up, though. She went to a very fancy school. Oh, cool. Well, she wrote a good book. She wrote a great book. And something that I loved is, so Rafe is supposed to be from Woburn, which is like such a specific, such a specific town in Massachusetts. And I got a very good sense of who he was because he was from Woburn. And he also calls it the mud room. Do you uh, know what a mudroom yes, is? Yes, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. a room where you like leave your shoes and shit. Yeah. Like we would call that... Um, what would we call that? Oh God, Pennsylvania. We would call it something different. If it comes to me, I'll just scream it out in the middle, non sequitur style. I asked Pat what he would call it, and they said a foyer, which I thought was very fancy for a bunch of people from Bensonhurst. Yeah, they're Brooklyn. they're they're trying to yeah <laughs> they're trying something. Yeah, yeah, that's not really what they'd call it. <laughs> it's the shoe room. The shoe room. <laughs> so we keep our shoes, and that's where we keep our ankle guns. <laughs> ankle guns. Hang your ankle gun up when you get here. What do you think this is? Fucking pig pen. <laughs> Wait, I where was being so mean to him? He's not here. I know that's what happens when you leave the room, Pat. We just rag on you incessantly. <laughs> um, yeah, but this, no, I mean, this book was great. I loved it, but it is very like low angst and full of fluff. It's like a, if you were just like looking, this episode, it's a ca- it's as casual as this episode was. Yeah, if you were just looking for a book with super hot sex. Mm-hmm. Very hot, very hot. Two super sexy people who are both very nice people doing the best that they can in a world where there's not many of those people anymore. Get this book. And you know what? You'll have a great time. It This book is like a bubble bath for your mind. Mm-hmm. You're just, you just relax into it and you have a great time. Yeah, I read this book in the park. It was great. It was another oh, book. It's a great book I read. park book. Yep. It's a, it's a book I read in maybe three hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to zip zap through this thing. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, and yeah, it was great. We had the hardcover version because I bought it at the Rip Bodice. It was a soft cover. Oh, sorry. I mean, hardcover, I just mean it was an actual book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that there's a distinction. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gets hard. Uh, we should, that's the, okay, so 
we should make books when we publish our books. They should be soft covers that get hard when you hold them. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. What would that technology be? Who knows? But that how great would that be? Like, like what? Just the cover would get uh, like from the pressure of holding it, it gets stiff. What? Because it's Why like a dick. Want- I know. I'm getting it. It's like a dick. But why would you want it? I, we still need the embossed covers with the abs. Well, those two. Those two. I think this, this was uh, that idea that I just came up with was spectacular. The hard. Yeah, the soft cover that gets hard when you hold it. Come on. People are going to go nuts when they hear that. All right. Well, tweet at us if you think that was a great idea. We know publish. And then you just screen cap it and send it to me. All of them. All yeah. of those. It's the amount of screen, screen caps I have of various tweets that I just <laughs> to send to you. Um, if you ever tweeted at us, I, your tweet now lives in my phone permanently. Nice. It's an archive. It is. We were talking about if we were to do merch, what we would do. And Clayton just kept, you kept saying the most expensive things possible. We were like, let's do a phone case that's abs that you can feel. What? I don't think it'd be that expensive. I if think it we would be. manufactured it in bulk. If we did 100,000 of them, it wouldn't be that expensive <laughs> per is, unit. What is, the, what is the threshold that you think someone would pay for that? Lose uh, light what economics. someone would pay for that? Yeah. 25 bucks. All right. Right? But we'd make it for like a cent. There's Okay, what? This is insane. Yeah. That well, would be very hard to Overseas. Make. Where overseas? I know a guy. Don't okay. worry about it. Well, yeah, so apparently embossed cell phone covers are coming soon, and we're going to need to move 100,000 units, so tell your friends. And stickers. And stickers. <laughs> Pat keeps saying that we should do bookmarks, and I keep saying no. I think bookmarks are a good idea as well. I think they're a bad idea. And onesies, of course. Baby onesies. Got to have baby onesies, and you got to have long T-shirts. I mean, long T-shirts, it's a given stickers it's a given the long t-shirts like the the sleep in this Mm t-shirt learning the tropes would be awesome (gasps) yeah you could have a sleepover with yourself yeah read rafe read rafe in your long branded (laughs) t-shirt that it does not exist not yet all right clayton would you fuck sloan and or rafe yes yes and yes yes the only thing uh, beat this horse Tattoos are a little much, a little much, um, but I did think he was exceptionally hot, very big guy. Oh, and they keep talking about him wandering around in sweatpants, which was uh, getting me a little bit hot under the collar, too. Yeah, that's a good look, is the, like, just sweatpants, no undies. Oh, yeah. That's a great, like, like I just pulled on my sweatpants, and the, you can just make out everything. That's a cool look. I feel like more men should rock that look. They don't realize. No, they the don't power realize. Of it. Yeah, it's a very powerful or look. Or the wrong men think of they have the power. Uh, of, it. of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you got to be the right. I mean, you know, there should be a panel of judges, mm-hmm. you know, to, to say whether or not you can go out looking like that. But <laughs> no, that was very hot. She's yeah. she's super hot, I thought. Their sex was very hot. So I would. I, and I wouldn't feel bad because neither of them. I wouldn't feel like I got in the way of their relationship if I had had sex with either of them. I mean, during this time, yeah, but if I had had sex with them at any point, I just don't feel like it would be – because sometimes I feel – and you feel this way too. 
if two people are meant to be together, there doesn't seem like the perfect time for uh, sex with them. That's mostly mm-hmm. historicals, right? Because the virginity like, is such yeah, a Sophie big deal. And King. Yeah, but uh, these guys, I would, yeah, fuck. And I don't think it would make much of a difference in their romance. No. I'm both so hot, you gotta. So you're saying yes, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on. It, it, it would be bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, Good reads. Good reads lists. It's not on a ton, but I wrote them all down. So, but this is 2018, so it yeah, is a very it is new book, very new. Um, so lists. Gotta love a man with a beard. Yeah, we do love a man with a beard. You're a man with a beard. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly trying to make Pat into a man with a beard. Jackson Maine is a man with a beard. Jackson Maine is a man with a beard. <laughs> there are a lot of sexy beards. Yeah. Um, there's a meme going around. I'm sure you haven't seen it because why would not. you? Nope. 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 But it said that beards are men's push-up bras. Oh, okay. I see that. Yeah. Covering up some flaws. Yeah. Mm, not that small boobs are flaws. Exactly. All boobs are beautiful boobs. Boobs are fantastic. I agree. <laughs> anyway, you can get a boob. All right. Romances with main characters who aren't jerks to each other. Yes. Best book boyfriends. I think he's a very good book boyfriend. Yes. I mean, is he the best one? He could be the best one. I hate to work in bests, but I think yeah. on a list, he definitely makes the list. Of the people that in real life you'd want to date. Because, like, obviously, we're both in love with Derek Craven. But, like, push comes to shove, being in a relationship with Derek Craven would be exhausting. Very intense. It would be a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like a relationship with Rafe, you'd always have, like, good food. You get to watch great trashy television together. He'd be wandering around in those sweatpants with no underpants. I think that that would be a great boyfriend. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know who he'd be up there with uh, from taking the heat. Gabe. Oh, now. okay. now this is hard. Now this is a competition. So so talking if we're talking about between Gabe from taking the heat and Rafe, it is a toss up. Well, you're going to pick Gabe because he's not tattooed. You're right. I would pick Gabe. Although there is something that's very, I will say, there's something, and this is not saying because I was a nanny. This is just saying in in general, my feeling, there's something sexy about a guy who doesn't feel restrained by social mores in that way. Has a job that is a quote unquote feminine job, Mm -hmm. but is also can be very masculine um, and he doesn't let that define him. He's busting through those gender norms. Yeah, and I think that's the and and that's the same way with women too. When uh, when a woman, because it's a lot harder for a woman to get through to that side and be uh, do something that a man normally would do. Uh, I think that's very sexy as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think just to that too. It's like Rafe is also just like living very authentically. Like, he loves his family a lot. Uh-huh. He cares for them a lot. He loves motorcycles and cars and those sort of things and tattoos. And he loves being a nanny and he's great at it. He loves the his charges. So it's like he is living in an authentic way and in a way that isn't – that's masculine without being toxically masculine because I think he has the sort of, like, good things that come with masculinity without the things that make it so – yeah. start murdering women mm-hmm. you know yeah 
I would still say Rafe, too, because I feel like Gabe, the whole thing with the burger restaurant and running away and trying to dump her at the end, you know, I do love Gabe, but it wasn't a great look on you. Yeah, and he would smell like grease a little bit too much for me sometimes. I mean, he, he could, went to visit his parents, the, the restaurant, he'd come home smelling like fry grease. Eh, I don't know so much. <laughs> but then they have that sweet real estate on the Upper West Side. Oh, that's true. Mm, see, would a man with good real estate or a man who can cook? Hard to say. We are New Yorkers. Good real estate. Yeah. I mean, we can order out. <laughs> it's a. T- uh, I think Rafe by a nose. Okay. Is what I would say. But Rafe by a beard. Rafe by a beard. Because I'm trying to think of like who else it was like actual like real life boyfriend that you would want to well, be. Well, from the proposal, you have... Mm, Carlos, I don't know. I would never date a doctor. Okay. Okay. But he was fine. No, yeah. he was good. Whatever. He was good. Those forearms. He had, he had nice forearms. And he could cook, too. Oh, I thought you said forearms like Soren, the alien. <laughs> no, and I was no. like, not Soren. <laughs> if you told me that Carlos from the proposal had forearms, I'd be like, okay, that tracks because that's how the Millier was. You could hardly tell he had forearms. No, Carl- Marcus Lord Westcliff, I know it's a historical, but like he seemed like a decent guy. Although, no, he was too uptight. Yeah, the historicals are hard because you would not be able to deal with any of them because of the way they, even if they were progressive, they'd still be so behind the times. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to deal with your hell's mm-hmm. a poppin', uh, balls to the wall lifestyle of going to moon parties and hanging out <laughs> with nuns and going on uh, witch retreats and uh, oh, I free I wish I could go on a witch retreat. Yeah. I need to find a good witch retreat. Mm-hmm. Free soloing is, I love free soloing. Yeah, free you free solo, solo all the time now. I, it's, I live for it. I want to free solo in the park. Let's go. Cool. Not right now. It's going to be dark outside, but like. I, I understood. Yeah. At some point we should go free solo because <laughs> you said that there's a place to free solo. Well, there's there's a place you can climb in the park. Yeah. Can't bring Pat because he's very nervous. He'd be too nervous for you. Yeah. He'd be like, babe, babe, watch out, watch out. Yeah. And then I would, <laughs> and then I would fall. Yeah. Um. Gabe could take me free soloing. Yeah. I know. So there may be Gabe. I don't know. It's hard to say. Hard to say. Go back and forth. Um, all right. Uh, career-oriented MC in romance novels you adore. Yes. Best interracial reads. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. That's it. I mean, yeah. 2018. Okay. What do you want? Clayton, what were your tropes? Bearded hero. <laughs> Tattooed hero. Interracial. Now I added boss, boss and employee romance, uh, hog lover, hog he loves, lover he loves a hog. Oh, not like pig. Motorcycle. No, <laughs> he loves. And, and I thought hogs were just Harleys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you can call. Um, I mean, if I said hog, I'm riding a hog. I you, would think a Harley. Nah, I would just think motorcycle. Okay. I mean, well, that's true. If I said crotch rocket, you'd think a Yamaha. What? That's not a real thing. Crotch rocket. Yeah, yeah. Like those Yamaha kind of bikes are called crotch rockets. Crotch rockets. Make sure that I get that clean. (laughs) That's not. You're lying. Um, Nanny hero. Um, (laughs) Streaming sites. (laughs) Netflixing and chilling. Um, Yeah. Close friends, I guess. She ended up having close friends. Yeah, the female relationships were great. It was a great teaser for the next book, too. 
That Zenny just married some Scottish guy out of nowhere in upstate New York. That's right. I will read that book. For sure. Aaron, what are your tropes? Workplace romance, employer-employee, redheaded hero, interracial romance, kids in romance, nanny employer, forced proximity, sexy texting. Sexy text. That's right. They do text in. That was hot. Mm. They were in different rooms in the same house sexting. Yeah, that was great. I like that. Yeah. It's coming from upstairs. It's coming from inside the house. Yeah, it's coming from inside the house. <laughs> um, well, and it was also great, too, because she was so inexperienced. It was a way for her to, like, try out her sexuality in a very, um, you know, in a way where she could, like, have a bit of distance from it, which I really liked. Great book. Yeah. All right, guys. Do you have any last thoughts or anything? No. Well, thanks so much, everybody. Um, so like we, what is he Swoon. doing? Oh, sorry. Clayton. What is he doing? <laughs> you don't know what this means, swoon. <laughs> you were just I was po- just pointing down. <laughs> just started pointing down. Yeah. Right, for me to look at my paper? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Clayton, what is you swooning this week? Thank you for asking, Aaron. I'm swooning over a movie that probably is no longer in theaters <laughs> right now, but I forgot to swoon about it earlier it is a movie called book smart oh yeah have you, you you have not seen book smart no but pat i was in spain and pat texted me you have to see book smart it's the best it's so good so book smart is if you don't know and it's already out of theaters because uh, this is going to be uh, two weeks from now i think when this comes out but book smart is a movie about two girls in high school who have always done the right thing, have always studied, got into good colleges, and then they realize, oh, the kids who partied also got into good colleges, and they want to have one night out that's crazy and fun before their graduation. It sounds like a regular teen movie, and it has some of those tropes, but the thing about this movie that is so amazing is that it is a empathetic movie. It shows empathy for all of the characters. There's Things that happen and characters who hurt one another, but it's never done out of villainy. Nobody is made to be a one-dimensional villain. And it's got a multicultural cast. And I know this all sounds like things that it's not a reason to like a movie, but the way it just is presented as life, there's some fun stylistic stuff. It's directed by Olivia Wilde, who is... Was an actress, still is an actress, but is now a a director and a very talented director. It's just funny, energetic, interesting, and uh, it's a movie that I think is going to be – we've talked about this on my other podcast, How to Watch Movies – that it's going to be a movie that people go back to and uh, kids are going to be watching. Like when this – when this goes on Netflix or wherever it ends up, Amazon, people are going to watch it multiple times. So I do think it's a really important movie, and it's a really fun, uh, like, f- like uh, fun movie. I don't want to make it seem like it's learning. It's not. It's it's a really great movie, and I would say if it's still in theaters, run out and see it. Support small movies. Support original movies, and that's what I'm swooning about. Book smart, Aaron. You need to see it. I would. I. Yeah, I'm not not seeing it for a reason. You got to stop. You must see it. I have to stop. <laughs> you have to stop what you're doing right now and go see books. All right, bye, guys. <laughs> no, wait. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> that was stupid of me. <laughs> Aaron, what are you swooning about this week? Um, so I am swooning about a 
series on HBO. No, wait, what is it on? Which one? Chernobyl. Chernobyl is HBO. Yeah. Well, it's not. Yeah, it's not TV. It's HBO. <laughs> um. So it is about the Chernobyl nuclear disaster, which we all remember from 1986. Um, I knew about it growing up because my town where I grew up, we had a lot of um, refugees and we had a lot of Russian refugees. And we had a, a and there's an organization called Chernobyl Children's Project, which was about sort of like helping the kids who were affected by Chernobyl um, birth defects and things like that. Oh, the CCP. <laughs> yeah. I was down with CCP. <laughs> um, so I feel like I knew it on, on sort of like that level, but I didn't know a lot about actually what happened. I like knew it was a disaster, but I, I didn't realize sort of the scope of it. Um, and so it's a it's a great um, series. It's six parts and it sort of goes into um, basically what happened and what ends up happening, which I think is what is ends up happening with a lot of disasters is that it's a lot of small mistakes and bureaucracy that end up leading to a really, really big catastrophic event. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of also, we could see that happening maybe in today's times as well. Uh, but it's really expertly acted and written and directed, um, and really heartbreaking and interesting and all of the things. And I really loved it and I watched it in two days. So Chernobyl. Wow. So you, Took one of the lightest books that we've read. <laughs> and I just capped it off with Chernobyl. About a Chernobyl miniseries. Yeah. So, but imagine them watching it together. Watch it and imagine Rafe and Sloan. If you want to send us any suggestions um, or any feedback or anything, we are at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Learning Tropes, Instagram at Learning the Tropes. And as always, we have our Facebook group, Learning the Tropes Troop. It's really fun. We post things in there. Also, we're always going to post our monthly list early in the troop first. So if you want to join, that's a benefit. You'll know what we're reading ahead of time. You won't have to wait for our preview episode. Um, But next week, we are reading Luck of the Draw, Chance of a Lifetime Book 2 by Kate Claiborne. I have been wanting to read that series for a while now. I feel like it's constantly being recommended. So I'm really, really, really excited to dive into that. Um, And so we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.